Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's pray. Let's just take one moment. Because I know these kind of moments are difficult to have. Um, where it's just, just a moment. <laughs> I don't know what your week's been like. I don't know what your days have been like. But just one moment where we can go, whatever's going on in our life, Jesus is enough. He can break every chain in our lives. Just just take just one moment. Father, we're in this place today, and we come before you. Um, And Lord, maybe some of our chains are things that we've done. Maybe some of our chains are things other people have done to us. Or maybe they're just things that have happened in life that just chain us down in ways we can't even express. Lord, I pray today, Lord, whatever that is, I truly believe Jesus is enough. I pray for the one coming here today looking for hope, and they're going, I I wish, I hope, I, I, I want it to be that way. I don't know that it is right now. I pray, Lord, today as we open up your word, they'll see, Lord, Jesus Christ is enough. Whatever they're facing, whatever they need, you're more than enough to break every chain in our lives. God, I pray, Lord, just be with us today as we open up your word. Speak to us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Welcome to New Branch Community Church. We're so glad you're here today. And we take just a moment to welcome you guys that are joining us online and by phone. And uh, so we're glad you're here. Everybody excited for the Super Bowl? Appreciate you taking the time to be here. Super Bowl Sunday. How many Seahawk fans do we have? And I'm sure we don't have any. (laughs) New England fans, right? I mean, there can't be, right? I mean, it's just not possible here. Please tell me. (laughs) I'm just playing. We can get in a lot of trouble here. So we're going to be celebrating the Super Bowl tonight here. So if you want to come out and celebrate with us, and uh, you might want to turn me down or something. I'm in a can or something. I'll preach myself under conviction. Okay, so, uh, but tonight we're going to celebrate Super Bowl. So come back, 6 o'clock. We're going to eat food, have some fun, and it's going to be a great time. So I hope you come out and be with us. Um, So we are in a message series called... Just shut up and do it, or it didn't say that, just, just, you know, not just shut up, it's called shut up and do it. We've been taking a look at the book of James, and we find James is very pointed, but we also say this, is that, yeah, the, the message title is edgy, and that was just to have some fun, and we like the minion, and somebody painted me a minion, which I'm really grateful for, if you didn't get to see that last Sunday, it says just shut up and do it. <laughs> and that way, when somebody asks you a question, they go, Pastor John, can I ask you something? No, 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 no. Shut up and do it. And that's kind of the, that was kind of the whole thrust behind that. So I was really excited for it. And anytime you guys want to put candy in it, I'm more than happy for you to do that. Nobody has yet. We'll pass this around later and put some candy in it. And uh, <laughs> okay, so anyway, so, so, but what have we been looking at? We've been looking at the book of James and James has gotten very practical, which maybe some of us would like this, is that James has gotten very practical about how do you live out the Christian life? What does it mean to live out the Christian life? So, so for those of us that are followers of Christ, he's telling us, here's how you follow Christ. For those of us that aren't followers of Christ, it tells you what it's really supposed to be about. Because how many people have seen things and you go, whoa, what is that about, right? And uh, so the first Sunday we talked about perspective. How important do you think perspective in life is, right? 
How long can you go without hope? How long can you go without knowing exactly what the right perspective is and how do we get through suffering? And so we covered that in the first message in the series. And then the second week, last Sunday, we talked about favoritism. Anybody ever experienced that? Anybody ever been to a church where they played favorites? And they had special people with special parking and, and little placards on their seats and make sure you don't sit there kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? And we said, at least here, we don't feel like the drift is so bad. Like, in other words, it's not so off, but it's just like a small drift. And if we're not careful, we can very easily start to focus more on insiders, but, but kind of away from outsiders and not even think about what is it like for them when they come in? Are we welcoming them? Are we helping them come into relationship with God? So if you missed those, they are available on our uh, website, um, newbranch.com. TV is our YouTube site, and newbranch.net is our website, so you can watch it or listen to it, whatever you want to do. And we do have CDs available. They're free. The whole series is available, and you can listen to it if you want. I'll sign them for you. I said that last week. I thought it was funny. But um, if you want to photo op with me, you can, anyway, <laughs> just give me candy, and I'll do that. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so let's get into it. What are we going to talk about today? What, what do we talk about today? There's two questions that I wrote down that I wanted to try to answer today, and I want to make sure I got them right, so I'm going to, I'm going to read them to you. You can write them down if you want to, because I think these encapsulate questions that I see people asking, and James is about to answer these questions. One is this, how do you know if you have faith? How do you know if you have faith? Has anybody ever thought about that? Um, because I get a lot of things where I go, I think people know, and they come to church, and I think we explain it, and I think we try to tell people how to have faith in God. But here's what I have a lot of. I think there's a lot of people out there that live in a lot of fear. And here's what I hear them say. They go, well, I hope that I make it to heaven. I hope that my bad outweighs my good a little bit. And I hear that even here in a way. You know, it's kind of like, well, I hope that I can obtain that. I hope that I can keep this. I hope that I can have faith. But, but I'll be honest, sometimes I don't know if I do. I think I slip. And I don't, know, I don't know what it means to really have faith in God. And today, James is going to unpack that a little bit. Here, he's going to define what it means because a lot of people are going, yeah, I know I'm supposed to believe in Jesus, but isn't there more to it than that? Is there, is there more to it than that? And so today, I want to kind of answer that and make sure we're clear on what does it mean to have faith in God? What does it mean to really have a faith that, that you don't have to be afraid about your eternity? You don't have to be afraid in your life? How do you have that? And so today we're going to talk a little bit about that. Number two, for those of us that do have it, how do you share that faith? How do you share that faith? And James gives an incredible plan to be able to share our faith with other people. Um, this is a big deal because a lot of people come to me and they go, yeah, try but I don't get the results. Is anybody ever thinking of it that way? Or maybe you don't think about results, but, but we should sometimes. We should think about, is what we're doing working? Are people around us, if we, if we really know God and he's transformed our lives, shouldn't people want what we have? Shouldn't people be coming to us and we're seeing people accept Christ and we're able to lead them in that? And that would be an amazing thing. And some people are going, I, I've never had that opportunity. And I don't want you to raise your hand, but I'm going, if you've never had that opportunity, today I'm going to tell you, how do you open up the door to doing that? And James lays out the plan for doing that. So James chapter 2, we're going to be taking a look at today, talking about how do you know you have faith? Big deal. And how do you share what you already have? And so, so we're going to talk about both of those. James chapter 2, verse 14, you can turn with me in your out, uh, Bibles, your outlines are already on there, Bible apps, however you want to do it. And uh, let's get into it. We'll put, in fact, we'll put it on the screen. What good is it, my brothers and sisters? So you can tell he's, he's prefacing it by saying, I'm talking to people that are following Christ. So if you're not following Christ, you're still welcome in the dialogue. Okay? So if you come here and go, I'm just checking it out, he's going to tell you what it means to follow Christ. You ready? 
If someone claims to have faith, you want to circle that? Claims, not claims, but have faith, but has what? No deed. Circle that. And here, here's the real question. You can underline this. Can such a faith save them? Y'all got the wrong verse there? <laughs> On the screen. I'm not sure where that verse came from, but that's last week. So just testing you there. So in your outlines, it should have the correct verse. Is that right? Or is, is the outlines wrong to you? Okay, great. All right. So have faith, circle that, circle no deeds. And can such a faith save them? Underline that. Can such a faith save them? That's, that's, a, um, that's a great question. Um, and, and it's a very... Uh, I can see some people by, by saying that. In fact, some people that have read the book of James have been very confused about what James is saying. Um, because if you're not careful, what he just said was, for some of us, we're going, do I believe, uh, do I believe that if I believe in Jesus Christ, that should be enough, right? And James is actually questioning me a little bit and saying, isn't there more to it than that? And so if you're not careful, it'll be, do I have to do some kind of work to get this? Or for some people going, I'm, now I don't know. Am I doing enough to get it? Or, or how do I know if I'm saved? How do I know if I have grace? And so, so we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit. And so I want to I pull up another verse, and hopefully this one will be right. <laughs> um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. This isn't in your outlines, but it'll be on the screen. Let's see if it Pops up, and yes, it does. So, and it is the right verse now, so that's great. Okay, so Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. I'm coming to this one only to explain, because I think if you don't get this order right, if you don't understand where James is going, and I know I'm spending a little bit of time here, what's going to happen is, is you're going to be confused. And you're always going to be saying, I don't know if I have it. I don't know if this is what salvation means, because James is saying, man, if you don't have deeds, I don't know that you have faith. And so you're going, well, how does that fit? And so the Apostle Paul does a great job explaining it. When you don't understand one scripture, it's great to go to another one that kind of gives it some context. And if you embrace this, then you're going to really understand James, and it may just transform your life. That's why it's worth spending some time in James. Some people ripped it out of their Bible, believe it or not. Um, Martin Luther ripped it out of his Bible and said, I just can't understand it because he couldn't, he couldn't conceive of this concept that we're talking about. So here it is. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says this, For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Well, that sounds a little different than what James is saying or is about to say. It is by grace you have been saved. So, so I want to focus on a few things. If, if you want to go back and look this later, the first part is this. In fact, I'll put the order up so you can see it because it's very important. What, what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, you see it. For by grace you've been saved through faith. So, so here's the order of salvation. Here's how it works. and You can write it down if you want to. Salvation is by God's grace alone. Okay? So if we're going to be saved, we have to understand, in fact, this verse goes on to say, not only is it, that's the, that's the only way, you can't even boast that it is another way. The only way you're saved is by God's grace alone. There's no other way to be saved. That, that it's because of Jesus Christ and what he did. You can't be good enough. You, there's no sin that's too bad that you can't come to God. That it's by God's grace completely. Number two, it's through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Okay? Salvation is by God's grace alone, 
through faith in Jesus Christ alone. That, Jesus, that There was a relationship that was broken with God and man. There's a relationship with us and God, if you didn't know who that means. <laughs> and we can't restore it. It can only be restored through God's grace. You can't make up the difference of what's lacking there. Only Jesus can. He came, he died on the cross, and he will restore that relationship if we believe in him. If we put our faith and trust in him. If we believe in God's grace and we put our faith in him, we will be saved. That's what it says. And we can't do it in ourselves. That great, that salvation is by God's grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Um, everybody understand that? <laughs> everybody getting that? And now you're going, well, what is James talking about then? Because I've got to tell you, as we cover Ephesians or James chapter 2, it's going to get real confusing because he's about to say something that sounds completely contradictory to what's saying here. Okay? And so I think I need to explain that up front. So if you read Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, a lot of people stop there. But I'd like you to see verse 10 because it puts it completely into context, okay? Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. Completely God's grace, completely through faith. Verse 10 says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Um, what, what I see here is this. The, the last part of it is this, and, and, and you, can, you can fill this out for yourself if you want. Salvation is by God's grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone, but salvation is demonstrated by our action. Okay? That's number three. You can write it down. So, so the order of salvation is God's grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone, but it's demonstrated by what we do. Okay? So what we do matters, but it's the order of it that matters. So it's not that we're saved by our action. Okay? We're saved by what God did in our heart, inside, internally. And, and the best illustration I have, I got a tree. Hopefully this will make sense to you. A tree has roots that keep it alive. Okay? And then it produces a fruit. Um, and you'll know what kind of tree it is by the fruit that it produces. Right? I mean, if you have a pecan tree... Or I'm sorry, my wife, pecan tree. <laughs> For those of you that say that. How many say pecan? Hmm? How many say pecan? Yeah, I don't know, man. That's tough. Yeah. Everyone is welcome here, okay? Just so we know. <laughs> but okay, let's get to the point here. Pe that's not a pecan tree, okay? That's an apple tree or orange tree or whatever else. And you're going, you don't expect a, a pecan tree to, <laughs> to, to produce oranges, do you? No. You would know right away. You're going, that's not even the right tree. Whatever's going on internally in that tree doesn't produce the right thing. Or a dead tree doesn't produce anything. Now, it, the fact that it's dead doesn't mean that the fruit means it's dead. Now, you can hang fruit on a tree and go... You know, you could take fruit from the outside and put it on a tree and go, this tree, this, this tree is producing. No, it's not. Get it? You, you, can, you can change. And so what does that mean in our lives? Because you're going, what, what does that got to do with me? When you're saved, it's as if God has done something to the root of that tree. You get it? He has attacked the root cause of whatever problems we have. And you are, you, are, you are in him then, and the nutrients in that ground and the nutrients in him are, are, are helping your life grow and live and and. and resurrect your, yourself. The way we can see it, though, 
is through our fruit. Now, the fruit doesn't mean that the tree, either way, it's, that's just what it produces. If you take that in the Christian life, can I tell you what it means? If you have God, what James is saying is this, if you, and the Apostle Paul is saying this, if you have God in your life, if you know and you have experienced God's grace of salvation, and you have experienced the faith in Jesus Christ alone, there is no way you won't produce fruit. That's what he's saying. That these three go in order. That we are a workman created in Christ Jesus. You know what that says? Created in Christ Jesus. You can very easily miss that. The old has gone, the new has come. Um, we're about to have a baptism in, in, in a couple weeks on the 15th. So if you know anybody who wants to be water baptized and, and say they want to demonstrate that they've accepted Christ as their Savior, we're going to do that. And one of the things we say at baptism, we love to read that verse, that the old has gone, the new has come. You're a new man, you're a new woman in Christ, right? Does that mean you're perfect? No, right? Does that mean you don't have any bad fruit? No. But it means you can't fake what God will do in your life. And the other thing is this, you can't contain it. You get it? If you've truly experienced God, you cannot hide what happened inside See, and, and, and if you get this out of order, can I tell you what happens? If you get this out of order and you start to become guilty and you're fearful and you're trying to do all these actions, some of us are trying to do that, right? We've got this all out of sequence. We've never, we've never experienced God, and so then we try to live out this life and we're going, that is just hard. I don't know if I like church, and it's all about guilt. That's not what James is teaching. If you take it that way, then you're going to completely miss where he's going. Because what he's saying is, if you have experienced the love of God in your life, you can't contain it. But maybe you've never let it in. If you're not producing, you know what he's saying? I don't know that you've ever experienced him. Because a person that has cannot contain what that does to you. See? So you need to start, take a look and say, do I have, and, and I can't see everything that's going on inside of us, but we can see to go, why am I doing that? Why would, if I have experienced the love of God, how on earth could I not be producing the love of God in my life? See, it's never been about us loving God more. We can't. Religion teaches that, right? Religion teaches, love God more, love God more. Here's ways to love God more. Can I tell you? Can I help you with that today? You can't love God more in yourself. A, a broken human being, that is comp- you, you can't, can you? And you know you can't. You can try. You can act like it. You can hang the fruit on the tree if you want. <laughs> But it doesn't work, does it? Because you've never experienced him. And so what I'd like to do before we go any further is this, is that we're going to get into all kinds of things today with James, and that's great. But if you've never experienced God, could I help you today? That that make sure you have this in the right order. Don't try to, and and part of the problem is is we come here and we hear what God is teaching to his followers, and, and, and you're trying to do it really hard. And I know some of you are really trying. But, you're, but you fall off and you, and, and you feel so bad and it's because you've never truly allowed him to come into your life. And if that's you, then I'd like to invite you to be able to do that. It's not a bad thing. I, we're not going to think less of you because some people think that's like, oh, you think you have what I, you know. No, 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 no. Remember, it's by God's grace. No, nobody can boast. Didn't you know what it says? Nobody can boast. Not one person in this room will think less of you if you didn't know God today and you've been trying to do this. You know what we want? We want you to have his love because i got to tell you, it doesn't work without it. It's empty without it. If you don't experience God, you are missing so much. Jesus loves you more than anything you could ever imagine. But you can't do this without him. That's the order of things. You get it? 
not of works so that no one can boast. And he has an amazing life filled with principles and things that you can live out. And when you live life his way, life is so much better. It's not easy, is it? Christians, do you agree with that? <laughs> it's not, not going to be easy. It's not a bed of roses. It's not perfect. But as you see the fruit of God produced in your life, it is the most amazing thing going. I remember we were sitting down, even when we went with the leaders the other week, and we're thinking, can you believe we're sitting in this room? That's how it feels. I don't know if you know that's how it feels. The, a lot of the pride is gone when you realize it's by God's grace we've been saved. It's by faith in Christ alone that we've been saved. And we get to produce the fruit. And that's why there's not as much pride. Because we understand the fruit we produce is because of that. And then we sit in a room and we go, can you believe it's us here? Can you believe that we're starting to see a little bit of fruit in our life? <laughs> Praise God, right? I mean, that's what it's like. If you want that, it's yours. You can start that today. You can have that today. If you don't understand that, come see us. Jesus Christ, God's only son, came for you to have that. And if you missed that here, and all you heard was what you're supposed to do, you're missing what God wants in your life. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. I don't know, I don't know where you come from or what you've done. But just like we sing today, Jesus Christ can break every chain in your life. And he wants to come in and, and be a new creation in Christ. And then the outward expression of that will be how you live. Can I tell you, we can tell if people know Christ. That's tough, isn't it? Oh, that's being judgmental. No, it isn't. James is saying it isn't. Because we can tell by what you do. Because you can't know him and produce pecans, okay? <laughs> They're pecans, anyway. So, and in heaven, we'll get that debate settled. <laughs> so, make sure you understand the order. That's how you know if you have faith, okay? Stop thinking you're going to earn it. Stop thinking, am I going to be able to make it? Well, the question is this. If you really think that and you're going, you're going, I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I've been too bad. I don't know if this has put me outside and I did follow and now I don't follow. And, and can I be saved? Let me help you with something. Here, here's how you compare it. And this might solve this in your mind. Is Jesus Christ enough? And when you say, I might be, you're saying he's not enough. You get that? That God's grace is not enough. That, that his death on the cross where he poured out all of the sin that's ever been on his son, you're saying that's not enough when you say, I might be. Get it? So stop saying that. Have the confidence to walk in the faith that God wants you to have. And then let that faith be demonstrated through the actions of your lives. Okay? Because why? Not because we're guilty. Not because we're trying to earn something but because we love God. Do you get the difference? That's why this order is so important. Because you'll be doing the right thing for the wrong reason, and it won't have the same effect, trust me. If you haven't experienced the love of God and you don't let that pour out of your life, you're going, no wonder you're burdened. No wonder the Christian life is horrible for some people. Because they think it's a list of rules, and we're going, no, no, no. We follow the rules because we love Christ. And what we do now, we don't do to earn anything. We do it because we love him. And if you don't get that part right, then you'll turn out just like a lot of religions where you're going, I don't know what it is, but there is no joy there. No, no wonder. They never experienced the grace of God. If you're not producing that fruit of joy, maybe you never experienced the joy. Maybe today's the day 
you can experience the joy. So get that order right, okay? All right, so James says, he goes on to say what? I'll go back to that verse just so you know. He says, what, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? That's, a, that's, that's the question of the day. And now he's going to give an example. Verse 15. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? <laughs> that's, that's awesome, isn't it? You, you get where he's going? <laughs> um, basically, in another place, it says, if you say, God bless you, or if you, here, here's what it means. If you're trying to share your faith with someone, and they have, you see they have a physical need, yet you're trying to use words to reach them. This is what he's saying, okay? Now, he's shifting gears really fast because I have a feeling what he's saying is he's going, hey, guys, if you want to know if you're saved, you've got to produce these, these fruits in your life. And then he's saying, hey, if you want to reach someone with your faith, can I tell you, the, can I tell you how you're going to have the most success? Stop thinking it's about convincing people. Can I tell you something? I've not met many people that the reason they came to faith was because of somebody's argument. Okay? Now, do I not agree with apologetics? That's not apologizing, by the way, but those of you that are theological, you'll get this. That, that apologetics is our argument for the faith. We need to know that. We need to have the reason for the hope that lies within. But i got to tell you, the argument isn't what convinces people. That's our problem. We think if we could have a conversation with them where we sit down and we tell them like it is, they'll accept Christ. No, they won't. Because that's not how they are. See, they're only seeing what they see, the felt needs that they feel today. Some of them it's hunger. Some of them it's food. Some of them it's drink. Some of it's, I'm unconnected and all alone. Get the idea? That's, what he's, that's basically what he's saying. It doesn't have to just be physical. In fact, I have a feeling that the greatest needs aren't the physical needs that people have. They're the need for connection. And the problem with Christians are is we're coming from, we have truth, and we think people are waiting to hear our truth. No, they're not, because they could care less about your truth. You hate to say that, but I mean, it's really true. And that's what James is saying, if you didn't get that. James is given the way to evangelism, and he's saying a lot of what people think is evangelizing, he said, you know what? Save it. Shut up. That's what he's saying. Shut up and do it. You want to evangelize, do it, don't say it. Ooh, I didn't say that, James did. And he was very clear, wasn't he? He's saying if they, if they don't, hey, daily warmth and clues, when it says go in peace, keep warm and well fed, you know what that means? I'll pray for you. You know what he's saying? If you're not willing to get involved where you can, oh, I'm, I'm not saying this, James is, so don't, don't get mad at me. He's saying don't bother praying because that's a fake prayer. That's what he's saying. He's saying, God called you. And if your prayer isn't leading to action, that's not prayer at all. That's just you thinking you did something. Saying flowery words and attaching Jesus' name to it and thinking you did something by saying a couple words over here. And he's going, the real heart of God is when you see a need, God breaks your heart for those that are in need. You know why? Because you were once there. Oh, and you forgot. That's why last Sunday's was so important about favoritism. Did you forget who you are? Did you forget you were unconnected and all alone? Did you forget you were on the other side of the gates of hell and someone came over there for you? What are you willing to do to get involved? And if you're not, you know what he's saying? Don't even bother praying for it. <laughs> because it ain't prayer at all. 
See, prayer isn't just about you saying words. It's about God changing your heart. You think God needs your words? Think about that for a minute. The God of the universe needs your advice. Is that what you think his prayer is for? Oh, people, please tell me the needs because I didn't know about them. No, no, no. He needs you to pray the words and the burden, and you're praying the prayers that he's burdened your heart for. You get it? So why wouldn't you think that he would open the eyes of your heart and say, there's the need. I need to help you with that. You can't even see Jesus. Do you get that? There are people that are so hurting. You tell me it's all right. So there's some people in the room today. I have a feeling this is where you're at. I'm so hurting I can't see Jesus. All I can see is you. And we meet them by saying, let me tell you my spiel. Oh, you don't fit mine. You, know, you, don't, you, don't, you don't line up with me theologically. Who cares? Right? But as you meet that need in their life, the toughest atheist, trust me on this one, because I've watched it, they'll come to you and say, would you pray for me? Would you help me? Would you talk to me? Would you just, could I just, could you just be with me? You get it? And when you do that, it opens up the ability to share the gospel, okay? Reaching someone for Christ, there's two things that it costs, okay? And we hadn't even got into the message, and I agree with the message 100%. But I'm going to tell you something about the, the, the verses we need to learn and all that. Five verses, that's all it would take, okay? That's all it would take. I got them right up here. If you ever need booklets, we got booklets up here built from Billy Graham. So simple to share the plan of salvation. You can read it right out of the book. This is the hard part. The hard part's not learning what to say, and I agree. I think we should know the hope. I think we should teach the hope, but the problem is, is we think that, that because we know it, that's all we got to do, and people will just flock to Christ. No, they won't, and James is saying it. He's saying, if you're not willing to get involved, then no one's getting saved around you. Can I tell you why nobody's getting saved around us if they're not? Can I tell you why your, your words, it's not they're rejecting Christ, they're rejecting you because we haven't got involved. We forgot that it's a people issue. That it's a, it's a get-to-know-us kind of issue. Why do you think Jesus spent so much time on the earth? He could have just went straight to the cross, couldn't he? If he wanted to make a point. But he came to make a difference. And if we want to make a difference and we want to share the gospel, the gospel has little to do with our words. And it has a lot more to do with how we live. And what we do and who we see. And what, when are we going to walk across the room? When are we going to see those other people? When are we going to get past ourself and let God open the eyes of our heart and see hurting people that's what it is that's the gospel so here's what it's going to cost us two things to reach people number one it will cost you you want to see people get saved in your life just know it will cost you that's what he's saying it costs to feed those people it costs time can I tell you something that's more valuable than I'd love to write a check that's the easiest thing in the world you know what? Costing time is even harder, right? Throughout your day, as God opens the heart, eyes of your heart, who do you get involved with? What is the most important part of the day? And he's going, all that stuff you think is so important isn't as important as that. That moment, that divine moment where I allow you to see a person for the first time. And, and just trust me when I tell you, if you start praying this way, you start praying, God, open the eyes of my heart. If you prayed that every day on the ride to work, can I tell you something? Just be ready to be late for work. <laughs> just be ready for God to revolutionize your life, and you'll start to get things that go, I, I, I might have to make a lot of changes, yeah, because it will cost you. But can I tell you something? It's worth it. Remember we talked about that, 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 that salvation is free? Remember we talked about that? Salvation is free. 
It costs you nothing. But following Christ will eventually cost you something. But not following Christ will cost you more. That's true, right? Can I tell you something else? Sharing your faith with Christ will cost you something. Not sharing your faith will cost you more. Because on the last day, can I tell you what it's going to be like? You're going to see people lined up and you're going to go, I never saw them. Lord, when did we see you hungry? Remember? When did we see you thirsty? When did we see you a stranger? When did we see you in prison, Lord? When you didn't do it unto the least of these, you didn't do it unto me. It will cost you more if we're not willing to pay the price to get involved. Oh, there's a heavy price. Can I tell you something? Last week when we were talking about favoritism and we said, and I've had a lot of time to think about this, why do we drift towards insiders instead of outsiders? Can I tell you why? Because outsiders, as a pastor, you know why I would drift towards insiders? And it sounds so funny because you guys might be thinking, oh, you're talking about outsiders. You want growth. You want all that because, because you want a bigger church that makes more money. Remember, a lot of people think that. Can I tell you something about outsiders? Can I tell you about people that don't know Christ? You're not making money off them. They're not committed. They're not the kind of people we want to help us in ministry because they're not equipped for ministry. They're messed up. They're, they take up. They're not the kind of people we want because they can't help us. They can't do anything for us unless we were trying to do it to help them. And if that ain't our motive, then lock it up. Because what are we doing? <laughs> you got better things to do with your time. See? It will cost us to reach them. That's why we said it last Sunday. That's why it was such a big deal to go. We can't afford to drift because if we do, we miss them. And only people that have been there understand, right? Everybody been there? <laughs> yeah. We've all been saved by God's grace. Who will we share it with? Number one, it will cost, cost you. Number two, it will require a relationship. I read an incredible book called Helping Without Hurting the other year. And it opened my eyes to things that I never saw before. And it was all about helping people with benevolent needs in the right way without hurting them. And, and what I found out was is a lot of the ways that we help people, we hurt people instead. We enable them. We, we throw money at it. We throw, we throw all kinds of things at it except for ourselves because what it requires, and what he said, the, the, the synopsis of the book, if I was to, to abbreviate it for you, then you don't have to get the book. <laughs> don't you like it when people do that? I love it. Um, <laughs> the synopsis of the book was this. If you are not willing to build a relationship, don't get involved. That's biblical. That's what James is saying. Did you know that? James is saying, if you're not willing to build a relationship, then don't bother sharing the gospel because it won't work. <laughs> if you don't have the time, then you don't have the time. You get it? If you think it's you just throwing it out at the little people, then you are missing it. You've got to build a relationship or it doesn't work. Well, that means we can't reach as many. Yeah, we're not really reaching them anyway. Oh, we can get a crowd, right? That's why I'm against the crowd. Because if that's what we want, we can do that. And then in the last day, everybody can go, hey, they all sang to me. And you know what he'll say in the end? You never knew me. You know why? Because we didn't get to know them. I know what I'm asking, guys. I know what this means if we decide to go down this path. It will cost us 
the biggest thing we have, which is building relationships. And that's tough, and it's messy, and it's tough, and it's messy. And it's the only thing in my life that ever changed me. You want to know why I'm in faith with Christ? Because somebody built a relationship with me. I think if we were honest, most of us would say that. Somebody didn't quit praying. I understand. Some of us went to a crusade and got saved, but somebody took you there, didn't they? Somebody said, and we, we always forget it that way. It's like, it just made sense that day. You know what I'm saying? I'm so offended by that when people say that to me now, you know? But at the time, that was what it would happen to me, and I have to look back. And they go, they came to Billy Graham, and they got saved that day. Yet they go, but I had a mom that never quit praying for me. Remember when they say that? And they never equated that it wasn't Billy Graham. He was just the, the voice. Get it? And, and I don't take anything away from him. But understand, it was a person that prayed. You know, they understand that. They won't go anywhere where there's not people that help them. They, they, they spend a tremendous, they spend way more time developing the relational side. That's why they have such good success. You want success in evangelism? You want to know why it's falling flat? Because we actually think just saying the gospel replaces doing this. Now, we need to say it. We need to know it. We need to do all that. Don't take me wrong. Let me say something. I can, I can show you how to share the gospel in about five minutes. Okay? I can tell you how to tell the gospel in about five minutes. This right here is going to take a lifetime. Because the people we're talking about here, you cannot give up on them. You've got to pray for them every day. You've got to get involved with them every day. And James is saying, if you're not willing to do that, then save it. Then shut up. You're not even, it ain't even, your, your words won't get past the ceiling. You get it? I'm embracing it too. Because why? You're reading right now. People don't care how much you know. You want to say it? So they know how much you care. People don't care about your God so they know how much you care. They don't care about your truth because they don't buy into God, they buy into you. Okay? Then they buy into your God. That's the way it works. Now, you might not like that. It might sound really heretical. It is not. That's exactly what James is saying. That's exactly what Jesus is saying. Why do we have to live the life? Why are we here? Why did I leave these people here? Because I understand they're going to connect with you, and then you're going to point them to me. Now, make sure you don't, at this point, here's the real danger, okay? The real danger is, is you can very easily go, oh, worship me. Don't do that. You point to him. And we know we can do it. Why? Because that's how we did it, right? Somebody did that for us, and we're grabbing people, and they're going, why do you care about me? This is what they're going to say, because this is what I said, and this is what everybody says that I'm helping now. Everybody that's in my life right now. Why do you care about me? You don't get anything from this. That's right, I don't. But somebody did that for me, and you'll do it for somebody else. But it isn't about building a bigger ministry. It's about you and a God that loves you. And I just get to be the conduit. You get it? That's us. That's us. And if we embrace it, why am I so passionate? It's not to be hard. It's to say, if you embrace this, guys, there is a joy. And only people that have been part of this understand. If you've ever been able to do that, the only thing greater than your own salvation, can I tell you what it is? <laughs> the day you get to help someone else with it. I got to tell you, there's nothing like it. James chapter 2, verse 17, he goes further. He says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. <laughs> um, does that need an explanation? <laughs> if you say you have faith and you don't back it up with action, your faith is dead. If you are trying to share faith and you're not backing it up by action, it's dead. That's why it's falling flat. That's why I say, if you're not willing to build a relationship, you're not willing to pay the price, then don't bother saying the words. 
That's what he's saying. Got it? If I don't have enough time, I don't have enough time for that, so I don't want to get involved, but here's a track kind of thing. Now, I don't have anything wrong with tracks. I think tracks are wonderful. I think a lot of people have come to faith with tracks, and I think some people are out there and they'll build a relationship. But if it's one of those things where you go, here's a track, I don't want to know you, go away. Don't do that. Because you think people are convinced by truth. No, they're not. They're convinced by you caring about them. They will love God when you love them. You get the idea? Then they go, I want to know about your God. I don't even know if I believe that stuff. You know how many people come to faith going, I don't even know if I believe that stuff, but I believe that person. I think that person believes that stuff. And my life is trash and their life's getting better, so maybe I ought to try that. Maybe I ought to at least try that. Maybe I'll come to church today and find out what is that going on with your life. You get it? That's how it works. And as they sit there, God breaks their heart. Don't, don't think that I'm saying that it, that's how they're saved. No, they're not. They're saved by God's grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And our lives are a beacon that points to him. That says everything good about me is because of that. You want to know? You want to know how you find some food? You want to know how you do this? You want to know how this beggar is not poor anymore? And now I'm a son? Because of him, not because of anything else. Get it? And as soon as that happens, now all of a sudden there's transformation. And now they're pointed to him. Now they can go and do the same. It's just amazing. But faith by itself? Hmm? Faith by itself, faith that's just talked about, is dead. It means you don't have it. If you're trying to reach people like that, he's saying you're not even following, so stop. <laughs> Get it in the right order. No, you don't have no fruit because you have no root. That's what he's saying. Verse 18 But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. He he doesn't let this go, by the way. Someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without your deeds. (laughs) Show me how you follow Christ without doing the action that follows. Show me how you can have known Christ and transformed your life and no exterior that that we can't even see it. Tell me how that works, and I will show you my faith by what I do. (laughs) That's what he says. I will show you my faith by my deeds. Verse 19, you believe there is one God? Now he's talking about theology. Get it? You have the right belief system. You were raised in a certain denomination. Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Catholic, whatever you are. Get it? You say there's one God. You believe in the Trinity. You believe, you believe there's one God. You, you have all the right stuff and you, you believe all the right ways. Good. That's what he says. <laughs> He's a little sarcastic. Even the demons believe that and shudder. What do you think? Just because you have the fear of God that you're okay? You think because you have the right belief system, you're okay, but you've never experienced God. You're missing it. The demons have that. They're not saved either, by the way. Get it? You're not winning people to Christ because you don't have it. You've never experienced it. You never let it in. You think it's a matter of up here. So you never let it get down here. Let it come. Let it seep from here to here, and then it will bleed out of here. You get the idea? It'll bleed out your fingertips. You know why it's not bleeding out our fingertips? Because it's never went from here to here, and you can't have a relationship with God just here. Try to do it with your wife, right? Well, I love you here, honey. Thanks. Really appreciate that, right? How would you feel if that's how somebody's loving you? God's going, that's why I feel. I died on the cross. You don't feel that? And I know it's not just about feelings. I get that. But if you haven't experienced God, do you know him? The demons believe all that. If you're just talking about believing like we just know it happened. Like it's factual. Belief as though it came in and changed everything about me. That's what belief is. 
Get it? They shudder. Verse 20, you foolish person. I'm telling you, James is tough. You think I was being tough. He's tough. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? And now he's going to give us some evidence. <laughs> you ready? Verse 21. Was not our father Abraham considered... Now, now he's really getting tough because he's talking to Jews. Okay? Was not our father Abraham considered righteousness for what he did when he offered Isaac on the altar? Wait a minute. Are you telling me that Abraham's righteousness was because of what he did? With Isaac? No. Make sure you follow the order. Because it doesn't say that. Romans chapter 4, verse 1, just so we make sure we're clear, if everybody don't know who Abraham is, he's the father of the Israeli nation, and God called him from the land of the Chaldeans. God had grace on Abraham, and he brought him out of the land of the Chaldeans, which is a horrible, awful place, to a land of promise. And on the way, he said, I'll make a great nation out of you. And he had one son, Isaac. Everybody know about that? And God said, I want you to offer your son on the altar. And James is saying because of that, right, he was considered righteousness because he offered Isaac. But in another place, Romans chapter 4, verse 1, it says, What then shall we say that about Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? Verse 2, if in fact Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. <laughs> So Abraham couldn't boast about his works before God because he couldn't, right? He's not justified by his works. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness. So, so Abraham wasn't justified by works. So what on earth is James talking about? Well, he explains it in verse 22. Put it up on the screen. You see, his faith and his actions were working together and his faith made complete by what he did. You following the order? Abraham saved by God's grace alone, not of works, lest any man should boast. That's what it's basically saying in Romans. It says that he could not boast that he did this and justified himself by his works, that God justified him by his grace. That's what it said. And that, that because of his faith, James is saying, no, 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 it's not that his faith didn't save him. He's saying that his faith was demonstrated by his action. But if he hadn't offered Isaac on the altar, he probably didn't have faith. No, there's no probably. He didn't have faith. Get it? Because God looks at the heart and he's going, if you're not willing to back up what you're believing with action, you don't have it. So if you're sitting out here and you're going, I'm living the Christian life. Oh, I'm not living the Christian life. I believe all that stuff, but I don't do anything. It's not that the doing saves you, but your faith hasn't been demonstrated. And I got to tell you, you ain't following. You don't know Christ. I said ain't just for you, Mom. Sorry. <laughs> You're not following. That's the way it is. That's Abraham. He goes on to say this in verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him as righteousness. See, James said it too. He didn't, he didn't miss a step. And he was called God's friend. <laughs> That's relational. I believe God, and now I have a relationship with God. I don't just have it here. I am a friend of God himself. A lot of the Jews would have said blasphemy at that point. And he's going, no, 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 I, don't get, I haven't got it out of sequence. Abraham had faith in God, and it was demonstrated by what he did. That's the order. You get it? Verse 24. 
you see that a person is considered righteous by what they do. (laughs) A person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. You know what he's saying? Make sure you understand it. We are saved by God's grace alone through faith in Jesus Christ alone. James doesn't disagree with that. And very easily you could take this verse wrong. He's saying, but if you don't have actions to back up your faith, you don't have faith. Okay? That's what he's saying. So if you're sitting here going, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I have decided not to follow. Impossible. That's what he's saying. Impossible it is. You can't say that. There's no way you can know God's love and it not transform your life, is what he's saying. Get it? The other thing is true, too. You can't share God's love and not get involved. Get it? You can't share God's love and think that it's not going to work with feelings and action. That you got to put action where your mouth is. That's what he's saying. Shut up and do it. That's what he's saying. Verse 25, in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. We had a message about that if you want to get here at 1130, uh, uh, November 30th, 2014. We had a message about Rahab and we explained who she was. As she helped the spies get away. I won't, I won't take time to unpack that, only to say there's another example. <laughs> was Rahab righteous because of just what she did? No, she was saved by God's grace. A prostitute that lived in a horrible place that was doomed was saved by God's grace, but it was demonstrated by her action that she believed in God. That's what it means. Verse 26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. This would be an incredibly tough message. This would be one that maybe I would overlook if it wasn't for the ramifications if we don't embrace this. Because here's what I know. There are people in this room that are struggling going, I don't know for sure that I'm in faith. And today you can know because salvation, let's put it back up on the screen. Salvation is by God's grace alone. Through faith in Jesus Christ alone. If you don't know that, stop there. Don't bother trying to do the rest. It won't work. It will not work if you don't do this. So if you're here today, we're not here to beat you up. We're here to say, it's not about looking at your actions and being judgmental about your actions. It's simply to say, please, please, please don't leave here without experiencing God. (laughs) Please. He died for you. You get it? You don't have a God that hates you. He loves you. He didn't come to condemn you. I'm not saying this. John 3, 17, right? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. John 3, 17, I didn't send Jesus to condemn you. I sent him to save you, right? That God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He didn't come to send Jesus to condemn you. He sent him to save you. So this is not judgment. Get it? This is grace. And that grace leads to action. And for those of us that are followers, here's what we've got to consider today. We'll put that up on the screen. To reach someone for Christ. To reach someone for Christ, will, it will cost us. Sometimes we think it's easy. Sometimes, and the reason why I'm saying that is because we get very easy going, yeah, I told them about that and they should just figure it out. No. It's hard. And sometimes we see the cost and we're going, well, that's going to cost us. Yeah, it is. That's the mission. And we don't get anything out of it. No, we don't. Except for one thing. 
someone's life in eternity. It will cost you. It will, it will require us to build relationships with people that are nothing like us. You know who hung out with people that were nothing like him? Jesus. Now, please don't hear what I'm not saying. He didn't go out there and sin with them. That's the tough part. He wasn't going out, hanging out in bars and drinking and getting drunk and all these kinds of things. Now, they, they claimed that he did. He didn't. He went where they were. He talked to them. He brought his inner circle with him to them. And as they met Christ, they went, I want what he has. And so he always had a big flock of who? Sinners and tax collectors. <laughs> right? All the time, every time you turn around, you're going, when he was with the sinners and tax collectors, when was that? Almost every time you hear about him. Why? Because they went, I want what he has. And he's offering me hope. He's offering me relationship. He actually spent the time to talk to me. He actually took the time to see me out of the crowd. He didn't just stop by the woman at the well and say, I'm, I'm in a hurry. I got this big crowd to go to today. No, no. You know why I came to Samaria? To the worst person on the planet? That's a dog, according to the Jews. Talk about racial prejudice. And Jesus took the time to go all the way to Samaria for her. Okay? He went all the way to Jericho for Zacchaeus. <laughs> he could have said it different. He could have said, you know, I didn't come here for the crowd today, Zacchaeus. I only came to Jericho for you. Now the question is, if we're followers, will we do the same? Will we pay the price? Will we get involved? Will we understand it's not about a crowd? Will we understand it's about the one that's hurting and broken and praying to God, saying, God, open the eyes of our heart. Because you know what? You ain't got to pray to find the hurting. They're already here. <laughs> They're in the room, guys. We just don't see them. You want to know why we don't see them? They're too busy. The truth to that is we'll never be less busy than we are right now. Unless you're just lazy. <laughs> we got a whole different message for that. <laughs> right? Our excuse is being busy. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so stupid. I'm too busy to do that. I'm too busy to get involved. It's too big of a problem. And he's going, I don't need you to get involved with everybody. I just need you to get involved with the ones that I open your eyes. Are you listening to me? You get it? Are you listening? That's what God is saying. Are you listening to me? Oh, that's what the problem is. You're praying all kinds of prayers. You're asking God to do all kinds of things. And all he's saying is, all I need you to do, just listen to me and do what I tell you to do next. Connect with the next person. Well, how's that going to work out? I have no idea. Well, that doesn't seem to be doing anything. Well, that's not your job to figure out, is it? You know how many people had no idea the impact they had on my life? Little conversations that, that I don't even know the person's name that transformed the life because only in eternity will we know. And we think it's all measured by crowds, right? Can I tell you the same crowd that sang Hosanna was the same ones that said crucify him? I got to tell you, the crowd, if you're going with that, if you're going by the mob, good luck with that. Good luck with that, because they'll turn on you just as fast. Let me tell you something. If you give your life to this, it will be worth it. So if you don't know them, you can know them today. If you don't know how to share them, now you do. Now you do. You don't have to know everything. You want to know how to share the word? i got books up here. We'll be happy to give them to you. And you can just open it up and share the gospel with them when they're ready. And they will be. Trust me. When I tell you, if you do this, if you pray this way, if you go home and say, God, open the eyes of my heart every single day, believe me, you will see people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. There's no possible way you won't see it. 
trust me, that root will produce. So you ready? Let's stand for prayer. (laughs) Father, we come before you today. And God, this message from the book of James could very easily be about guilt, but it isn't. I mean, James just told us last week, Lord, that it was mercy triumphs over judgment every single time. And that's because of Jesus Christ. So God, I pray for the one today that as I'm praying right now, maybe they can pray in their own words to accept you as their Lord and Savior. They don't need a person to show them how to do that. All they got to do, they don't need the right words. All they need is just to understand that you died on the cross for their sins and rose from the dead. And maybe they don't even completely understand everything else. But if they reach out to you, you'll reach out to them. Oh, you're already reaching out to them. (laughs) That's why they're here. So God, I just pray right now, Lord, whoever that is that's thinking, I don't know that God can do that. I think I need to wait. I don't know if I can do it. I don't think I'm good enough. Let them know that your grace is more than enough to pour over them. That Jesus Christ is more than enough to break every single chain in their life. Even the ones that we go, oh, I don't think we can go there. Oh, I don't know if he can do that. No, he can. We can't, but he can. So I just pray over that right now for him. I pray for the one that, Lord, they, they had never experienced the grace of God. They, they've been so scared because they thought it's all about them, and, and if they do something wrong, that God's waiting to pound them. Lord, I pray today that they can understand God had already done the pounding, and it was on his own son, so that we don't have to have that. So that that, that love of God can wash over them and forgive, and, Lord, that they're able to forgive because some of us are trapped because we don't forgive. And I pray for that over them today, Lord. No wonder we don't have faith because we're so, we hate And we don't have to hate anymore because of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for the one, Lord, the Christian that is going, I want people to get saved around me. And I believe that's a lot of us. I I want to be the one to lead people to Christ. (laughs) And today is the day, God, I pray that it isn't just about us getting people to say a little prayer, but that we can get involved in people's lives. And the fruit of this will go way beyond marking a box. It will go way beyond announcing numbers. It'll be that person that we stand next to Jesus and go, oh, man. Oh, that's the crown. <laughs> oh, I thought the crown was, was ten. <laughs> I thought it was a piece of gold. <laughs> no, no, no. It's that person standing next to you. That's the crown of glory. And we'll go, wow. That's worth it. So let us pay the price, God. Let us get involved. Let us be that kind of church. Make us that kind of church, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.